0: I'm John Caldera, president of Independence Institute. The National Federation of Independent Businesses, like the United Federation of Planets in Star Trek, tries to defend small businesses from the Klingons, or as they call them in Colorado, progressives. Tony Gagliardi runs the operation here in Colorado, and mom and pop shops have never had it so tough you already know the deal this is the audio version of our television show devil's advocate you can watch that program by going to youtube.com and searching for our channel iitv which stands for independence institute tv or just go to thinkfreedom.org i know you're going to enjoy this discussion colorado was the state that everyone came to, to risk their talents, their time, their resources. It was an entrepreneur's dream. wonder if it's still that way. Tony Gagliardi, who runs the NFIB, which stands for the National Federation of Independent Businesses. How'd do I do, not bad? Well, why don't you Thank just you. call it like small business guys? Why, why NFIB?
1: Well, we use NFIB, the voice of small business. We are known as the voice of small business.
0: How long has that NFIB been around? It's been around, I remember it as a kid, seeing the little sign in Windows.
1: Absolutely, um, at the little black and gold, gold signs. We were started uh, back in 1943 in San Mateo, California, by, believe it or not, um, a uh, salesman who was out selling Chamber of Commerce memberships and uh, he realized that small business had no one to really speak for them. And he started NFIB and...
0: Wasn't he actually a midget and this was a small business thing (laughs) that he was trying to do, is that... No, it wasn't Oh, oh, small businesses. Yes, small businesses,
1: yeah. And um, so he uh, started to... uh, NFIB in San Mateo in 1943, we were 80 years old. And uh, based on three premises, that everyone should have the right to own, operate and grow their business. And um, we are a, uh, we're now at approximately 300,000 with national membership, roughly between 65 and 6,700 members in Colorado, all dues paying members. You must be a small business. You must pay dues. Um,
0: what is a small business for, for the NFIB? Here in Colorado? For the,
1: for the NFIB, I look at it this way. Sixty-seven percent of my, or 62 percent of my members have fewer than nine employees. Ninety-two percent have fewer than 20 employees. Okay.
0: So, in politics, I always think about the diffused interests, who are the ones who always get hosed. All right? And it's... It, it makes sense. I think about, for instance, you know, RTD is going to put up another sales tax. And it's why we all get hosed. You buy a cup of coffee, you pay a penny mm-hmm. uh, for a dollar. That's a huge tax. RTD is one of the most luxuriously taxed special districts in the country for, for transit. And when you think of the money that goes in when they do a tax increase, all the special interests pour money into it. You know, I remember Siemens Corporations what makes the the Choo Choo trains. They put in two hundred million dollars or something in mm-hmm. campaign contributions, or no, what did they get? You know, they put in like two hundred thousand dollars in campaign contributions. They got two hundred million dollars in contracts the day after uh, the, the it passed. Excel puts in money. The contractors put in money. The bond dealers put in money, and it's pay to play. They all then get contracts. Everybody who gets taxed is going to lose. $150 a year in new taxes. So how much are you gonna put in there to fight that tax increase? Eh, maybe $140, but you know, you know, nothing more than that. It's the diffused interest. Big businesses get involved in politics. You know, you've, so mm-hmm. big chambers of commerce are out there working sometimes, often, up until recently. They're the ones pushing big tax increases and, and big deals and a lot of crony activity uh, and the unions are there, but small businesses always get hosed. They're the ones who now have to deal with the Family Leave Act. They're the ones who have to deal with all the regulatory stuff. They're the ones who have to deal with more and more paperwork. They don't have the time to have a lobbyist. They don't have the time to have somebody down there and be part of an association. Um, you're one guy, and you've been doing this for a long time. I mean, poor, I mean you're 28 years old, but look at you. <laughs> So it's really tough for small businesses in, in Colorado. Let me, let me start it off with this one question. You've been doing this a long time. Is this the craziest you have ever seen it when it comes to attacks on small businesses? Out of the many years before NFIB, you were a contract lobbyist before, has it ever been more vicious to be a small business owner from your point of view? i mean attacks from the state legislature regulatory from the government that uh and from the from the legislature regulatory local government state government be honest mm-hmm. god's <laughs> listening god's listening
1: the, i'd say the last when republicans lost control when when they were not able to hold the chamber, or two chambers, or at one time we had all three chambers.
0: Okay. Once once they lost stopping power, in once, other words they, could, exactly, they, they couldn't there, stop a bad thing from happening.
1: We have no backstop now. And uh, until the new legislators took office in 23, the previous crop You could work with, to some extent, they were more of the, um, uh, they'd look at both sides. They, it's a lot of them would talk to us and say, hey, what's this gonna do to you? Because you're right, you know, a big business would be all for giant track tax credit or development in that and, and they would come to us and, and say, what's, what's
0: this mean for you all? I mean, for instance, Excel loves all the new green energy. Oh, uh, silliness. Abso- ab- absolutely. You know, they're raking in more money than ever. They get to sell more stuff. They get to build more stuff. They're raking in more and more money. But your businesses, mean manufacturing. Get to pay for it. You get, to pay, we an get extra, to pay. Right, you get to pay for it.
1: And we should be happy, according to them. Right? We, we should be happy. We should be happy. Let me fast forward. This legislature that we're dealing with now has absolutely um, no interest. It appears on the effects of small business. They don't understand that small business owners, um, when you look at the regulatory environment, not only in Colorado, but nationally, A small business under 50 employees will pay approximately $11,000 per year per employee for regulatory compliance. Big business pay about $6,000. Let's
0: say that again. Let's let's just stop there. You know, until you own a small business, I owned a small business, Mm -hmm. until you own a small business, you have no idea how much time you spend not raising money, not selling your product, not improving your business, not trying to make your customers happy, not trying to make your product better, but filling out forms or spending money and time trying to comply, you called it compliance. So Mm -hmm. you're telling me that for every employee a small business has, let's say you have 10 employees, you're gonna spend
1: how much? Eleven. It's rated at. Uh, this was from a Crane, Crane and Crane study, a few years ago. They they tagged the total cost of the regulatory environment um, at two two point seven five or two point seven five trillion dollars nationally. that breaks down for small businesses. Our our studies have shown that the small business owner will spend $11,000 per employee versus $6,000. Why is it so much more
0: for the small guy with 10 employees compared to a big business with 500 in Colorado?
1: Because a lot of what has to be done, a lot of what has to be done to comply the owner can't do it. The owner isn't does isn't versed enough, in the issue, the tax issue, uh, the um, wage and hour issues, the unemployment issue. A lot of times, they have to bring in outside sources, outside basically an outside contractor to help them. I I try to get legislators in the building to understand. My members don't have an in-house legal department they don't have an in-house HR department and the business owner is not only he does he or she not only owns the business but they also are the HR manager right. the janitor the inventory control the counselor uh, if they have they have they have employees and um, you know, filing, for instance, they get a complaint by an employee for, you changed my shift without telling me, or didn't give me enough warning, or you made, you changed my shift and now I have to work nights, and that's retaliation. Well, it's not handled in-house. A charge like that, owner has to go to the phone, pick up a, the phone, and call the attorney. And... The minute you call an attorney on that type of issue, you're looking at 400 to $500 an hour. And that's how they're treated. Now, policymakers love to talk about their devotion, their their gratitude to small business owners, for small business owners. They're the backbone of the economy. They're the backbone of the main street economy. They employ over half. But what happens when the lights go out and the TV cameras are shut off? Who do they run to? They don't run to the small business owner. They run to the big donors. And those aren't the small those, business. It goes owners. back
0: to the diffuse, the diffuse. There you go. All right, well, let's talk about some case in points. Now we're we're struggling with the Family Leave Act. Now mm-hmm. this was voted on by the people, and this is a completely unworkable uh, family leave um, plan, and we're paying for it. So any employer that has more than 10 employees, it's almost a 1% Mm -hmm. payroll tax, split between employer and employee. This is a hefty tax, Mm -hmm. and it's gonna go up like this. Mm -hmm. Without a vote of the people, it's gonna get bumped up to Mm 1.2% within a few years, a split between employer and employee by the way That's all your money. It would have come out. It's gonna come out of your paycheck. Yeah, you know, the employer, you know That part that comes out of his pay his pay. Well, that's just your money anyway It would have mm-hmm. gone to the employee anyway, right. I always love that part. Oh the employer pays for it It's like mm-hmm. it's like that uh, Half FICA, you know that, you know, <laughs> you know the the uh, payroll tax. Yeah, I would love to pass a law. You want you want to take care of all this? If I could wave the wand, all withholdings would go away, and the uh, employer side of all payroll taxes, uh, mm-hmm. FICA and all that, would go away. All that would go onto your payroll, the employee's payroll, and the employee would have to withhold his own and every quarter or so he'd have to write out his own check and deposit it to the feds. And then employees would see exactly how much is being taken out of his or her paycheck. And mm-hmm. then they'd get an idea of, oh my God, I'm losing how much money? Yeah. Instead of the employer being the one to do the bookkeeping and, and the banker form taking all the money, for, oh this is, mm-hmm. and so when you get that pay, you know, at, um, after you do your uh, pay uh, uh, your taxes on April fifteenth, go. Oh, I got a refund. Hey, it was your money. It was your money right. to start with. <laughs> all right. So this this Family Leave Act. This requires employers to do all the bookkeeping, mm-hmm. not the employees. What yeah. is for a small businessman? What does this really mean for a small business? What does the new Family Leave Act really entail?
1: Well, uh, compliance number one from the compliance standpoint. Uh, 50 uh, businesses with 50 or fewer employees are gonna have a real hard time just figuring out the compliance. Again, because they don't have in-house personnel to help them. They're gonna have to bring outside uh, so, uh, resources in. Um, the costs... When you say outside resources, what do you, what do you they're mean? They're gonna have to bring in um, a, like a third party administrator or, or something to help them determine, okay,
0: I mean, the same way yeah. that that I needed to go hire somebody to do payroll. There you go. They're gonna have to hire somebody to, to handle paying somebody mm-hmm. to do the maternity leave, and also, I gotta go find somebody to fill in during maternity leave right. and the rest.
1: Well, and, and they're gonna have to have legal help on figuring out just what is required when an employee wants to take a leave, How how do they apply for that leave. How, what do they have to give the employer? They, can they just say, I'm taking today off? They can take partial leave, they can take incremental leave, uh, half day, full day, and um, uh, all that is uh, you're going to have to comply with every one of those instances.
0: I don't think people understand how crazy this law is. You can now, if someone you care about could be your buddy, who needs your help. You can take every Friday off for the for a full year mm-hmm. and go skiing with him, and and get paid ninety percent of what 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 you make. Yeah, this is a deal.
1: Your average weekly benefit. Your average weekly benefit. Now we have a bill, which this was not in the initiative that was passed, but now we have a bill that says. If you are working two jobs or for some reason you're working three jobs, you want to take leave from job A, then your benefit's going to be based on your w- average weekly pay from job A, right? It's also going to be based on your wage that you're earning from B and C. We, we still don't know, well, wait a minute, isn't this going to incre- actually increase the benefit, artificially inflate a benefit? And uh, we have those say, oh no, no, this was the original intent. Well, I'm sorry, but the original intent was not in the language of the initiative. If it was the uh, original intent that I got to use all, th- all my earnings, to figure out my average weekly benefit under it. When I'm only taking leave from one job, but I get to keep working at two, but yet part of that leave benefit is going to be based on what I'm, excuse me,
0: earning at the two jobs I'm still working. We have no idea what this is gonna look like in practice. I will tell you, it's not gonna last that long. This thing is gonna go bankrupt within years.
1: uh, likely will, uh, you, you know, they talked about this that entire summer, we had the family leave task force, the bill, the bill sponsors to their credit said, listen, this, we're not getting anywhere. Let's have a task force. And we agreed to it. We had a member sitting on that task force for the entire summer. The task force met and even before the report was issued, next thing we know, we're reading in the paper, there's an initiative been
0: pulled. You mean to put, it, to put the whole thing on the ballot?
1: To put it all on the ballot. Yeah, not a word during, the, during, the, during, now, the, during now, the task force.
0: So in other words, during this task force that your organization is part of to try to come up with a plan to put something through the, through the legislature to address this issue of family leave, Without you even knowing, they just put it on the ballot.
1: They just they just put it on the. Now they're like
0: negotiating in good faith. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So give me give me a picture of this because Colorado has always been, and growing up here, it's always been the kind of place where people have come to start a business. Mm -hmm. They've come here to risk what they have because they know this is an entrepreneurs' paradise. They've come here to risk their time, their talents their fortunes, they've come here to work. Whether it was brewmasters 100 years ago, or ranchers, or miners, or tech entrepreneurs today, or people who are trying their hand at new whiskey, they've come here to risk. And I mean this not like gambling when people hear risk. I mean risk like in true capitalism, which is I think I can do something better, and if I build it better, I can make this work. Now they've got to, as you say, deal with compliance. What I hear is, you will comply. Talk to me about what that means, because when you start off in a garage industry, and I think Mm -hmm. some of our best business guys, I think about Tim Gill, who has funded so much of this takeover of Colorado Mm -hmm. by progressives, literally started in his garage. If any of these folks should know about this, you'd think it would be the guys who took over this progressive Revolution in Colorado what are some of your members really dealing with? Give me some grit on this. Give me an what? idea of what's happened in the last few years that makes it tough for a small business. Give me a regulation give me Give me a story
1: what I want what I want to get out there and it goes with what you're asking is. You know, you and I spoke, I've been at NFIB for 18 years. Until recently, I never had members telling me, you know what, <clears throat> we've built a good business. We've put money aside, we're, we're comfortable. We really don't have anybody to pass the business on to or anybody who wants to buy the business we're just going to shut it down oh my god they might have anywhere from 8 to 15 employees now those are fi- there's 15 employees out of out of a job but on top of that what i hear and i hear it more and more often is you know tony if we would have had all this when we started the business as far as having to comply, wage and hours, uh, pay equity. You know, every year we have a pay equity bill. What's a pay equity bill? Oh, well, everybody has to be paid the same. Uh, No differential, basically. And you have to, you know, we had companies who would not, because of a bill, Senate Bill 85 passed, I believe it was uh, in 21, because of that bill, they would not post or recruit in Colorado because of our pay equity laws that were were passed. But more and more I'm hearing from members, I would have never done it. I would have never started the business. Really? If I knew what it was going to end up So you're hearing
0: from from people who've built their family businesses, and they say, if I knew what was coming, I never would have started it? They would have never started it, yeah.
1: Or built it to where they were hiring employees, and and uh, you know who's um. Uh, where do sixteen-year-olds, eighteen-year-olds get their first job experience? It's not at Ball Aerospace. It's it's not at Hewlett Packard. It's you know it's 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 that Bronco
0: Burger. It's, I remember it's Bronco. Bronco
1: Burger on Littleton Boulevard. Yeah, I was a lifeguard for four fifty an hour. That was you know. Uh, on top of a golf caddy. <laughs> oh. You yeah, got $4.50 an hour? Yeah, I got $4.50 an hour as a lifeguard. That's not bad at all. No, nice suntan.
0: And, I was loading um, trucks for
1: $4 an hour. Yeah, and um, but, but the regulatory uh, scheme of things, the takeover, only 46% of my membership can even afford to offer their employees health insurance benefits. Because it's gotten because of the uh, way the markets have done and the regulations that we've imposed, we have an insurance commissioner that truly, I believe, uh, is intent on controlling our entire insurance industry in Colorado, um, and wants um, social insurance. Uh, wants us headed. What is social insurance? Well, we're going to have a bill to study that, we're going to have a bill. There is a bill out to uh, conduct a study for a publicly financed health care plan, a health care program in Colorado. And um, uh, I
0: mean, government-run health care.
1: Government, yeah, basically, I was being nice, but yeah, government-run health care. Um, Last year, two years, we've had bills stating to health insurance companies, you must, in the next three years, lower your premiums by 20%. Well, without any, and they make these demands, excuse me, without any any effort to appreciate the market. And, you know, They have to be, they have a margin that they have to operate on. Well, when you demand that a carrier lower their rates 15 to 20% in two years, otherwise you're going to institute a public option type plan. You see where where we're going? We have the public option. The public option is here. Uh, Health insurance carriers have been instructed under the bill, you will lower your premiums. We've had, I know for a fact, we had a health insurance company uh, two years ago. All rates are approved by the insurance commissioner. They filed a rate decrease at 12%. He wouldn't approve it. Because? You want six, gave them six. Well, because you want this social, you want a public option. You're not gonna so th- make it any easier for health insurance wait, carriers. Wait, wait,
0: wait, 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 uh, you're, you're twisting my brain here. So the insurance company said, we will cut rates by 12% as a customer, that sounds pretty nice. Mm-hmm. And the insurance commissioner here in Colorado said, no, I'll only let you cut it by 6% mm-hmm. because he wants high rates of insurance so that it makes it easier to socialize healthcare?
1: Well, it, it makes the point that health and in- commercial or private private health insurance is not the answer. They take advantage of the customers and, um, and, and the idea here is to push for a social program. That's terrifying. It, well, it, it it is. It All is. Right. We have no. They talk about a free market in healthcare. We have no free market in healthcare. It's not a free market.
0: So help me with some of these things that feel so very good, but your members probably despise it. For as long as I can remember, Colorado had a state minimum wage. Mm-hmm. I despise the minimum wage. Not for. Economic reasons, even though that's bad enough, right? It's bad enough when uh, We keep young people from getting employment. It's bad enough when we keep um, People from being able to get their first jobs. I believe the minimum wage is not just bad policy I believe it is immoral policy Mm -hmm. because whenever we keep two people who want to be together in a relationship and government says no, it's too perverse Uh, You can't have that relationship That's wrong. We've done that in so many areas. In fact, I find it wild that the progressives, and rightly so, have said, you know what? It's wrong to keep loving people uh, apart. If they want to get married, great. If they want to have a relationship, great. If gays want to be together and live together, great. If they want to get married, great. But if somebody wants to have a relationship where one's an employer and one's an employee, but we don't like what they've agreed to on, on price. That is so perverse, we will not mm-hmm. allow it. So it's come, it's come to my realization that these people only tolerate consensual relationships if people are naked. Otherwise, it's just too perverse for them. Mm-hmm. And I really find it intolerant and disgusting. I really mm-hmm. do and that people, free people, should be able to have the relationships of their choosing. That's what free people are about, consensual relationships. My guess is your members probably don't think about it the same way I do. They probably think about this as trying to keep their businesses going. Why is it now that the changing of a statewide minimum wage now has been unleashed and localities can raise the minimum wage, but they can't lower a minimum wage. Denver's minimum wage is now what seventeen 1730. thirty. Seventeen thirty. Why is that a problem for any of your members? Well, don't they like poor people? Oh, don't they uh, want a they, livable wage? Uh, that's How what,
1: evil the, are they? That's what they. Uh, that's what government wants you to believe. That government knows best. That's. And that's the way it's always been, is government believes they know better than the business owner. Surveys show that our membership over half pay above minimum wage. And the reason being, if you want good employees today, you're not going to get good employees for the minimum wage. The minimum wage, one could say, is outdated, or is passe. It's not needed because I still have 45% of our membership saying we have open jobs, but we don't have anybody to fill them. We're, we'll take we'll take all the workers you can. You you can send us. They're already paying far above the minimum wage now. So the minimum wage really was a non-issue. Um, now for tipped employees and um, small restaurants, yeah, that can be, that can be a, a problem, but, but I don't hear, I'm not hearing that it's a problem. I'm not hearing that um, uh, the increase. Now Denver, that $17 bomb, I know there were some who said, listen, we're just gonna have to reduce employees. You know, we're just gonna have to cut back. And, um,
0: and you're gonna but, have to start automating.
1: And you're gonna have to, uh, how many fast food restaurants do you go into now when you don't have anybody at the counter? You got a kiosk, you know, and you got pitchers and touch your fries, and right. touch your milkshake, and, and, uh, and that's what it's gonna come to. Uh, it's gonna come to uh, uh, strict automation. And um, uh, so, you can, uh, you know, if, if I need a good employee, I have to be willing to pay what it's gonna cost to, to have that employee, so but it's a- going to come back and benefit me and everybody
0: else. Out of all the issues that have popped up, what are the top two or three over the last few years? What, what has been the most destructive for small business in Colorado?
1: Oh, um, I'd have to say a lot of the wage uh, wage and hour legislation that we've had, the pay wage equity. Wage and hour legislation, wa- what does that mean? Well, the pay equity, how you manage your employees, the unemployment well, help, help trust fund.
0: That. You, I mean, you, you say pay inequity, what does that mean?
1: Well, to a lot of people, they believe that And there are figures that that show men have earned more than women for basically the same same work. But nobody's ever really looked at why is that. And there's evidence that
0: this is a law that says when you post a job, you have to post the pay range for the job. The
1: the pay range, you have to um, you have to make it available, you have to post to everybody. You can't just post to, um, you know, everybody has to have an opportunity to apply for that job regardless of qualifications. That's why a lot... Regardless of qualifications? Regardless of qualification. That's why companies would not
0: advertise here. Wasn't it funny that this became a Wall Street Journal and national right. story of how many companies wouldn't hire people in Colorado. In
1: car, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't recruit in, in Colorado. If you are just here. now starting to come back.
0: Well, it's because if you're, if you're looking for a remote worker, they're not gonna hire you in Colorado because they don't mm-hmm. want to put those restrictions on their employees. They don't wanna say um, that they're gonna accept applications from anybody. They mm-hmm. wanna say, we want people with these qualifications uh, that's not all that unusual it was it was really wild to see Colorado singled out including from left-leaning organizations like PETA saying <laughs> we will not accept any applications from Colorado because these work rules are ridiculous mm-hmm. we're not we're not going to do that yeah
1: um, well and and look at look at what we just did and to the legislature uh, uh, some of the Democrats uh, new Democrats in the legislature, uh, who who did step in with House Bill Eleven Eighteen, the uh, predictive scheduling that we were going through. That bill. Explain that one in English.
0: Uh, well, you had to. Uh, but, uh, can I take a shot at it? Because sure. you're, you're just too kind. You're just <laughs> you're just. is. You're a lobbyist. <laughs> this bill was to unionize people without calling it unionize. Mm -hmm. This was basically to put union rules into every private shop and uh, uh, tell employers to run their shops as if it was a union shop and uh, uh, put in all these ridiculous union rules saying here's how you have to schedule people, here's how you have to do time off, Mm -hmm. here's how you have to use seniority, here's how you have to uh, schedule this person who has seniority and that person who doesn't, And if you change them, you have to do weeks worth of advance. It was handcuffs, particularly for people with small businesses. Mm -hmm. It was unworkable. How'd I do? Well, you did, you captured the, you captured the
1: essence essence (laughs) of it Uh, very well. Very, very, very well. What was disheartening is when business groups who went in against this were vilified by not understanding or spreading misinformation or I was told this would only why why are you concerned this only affects employers with 250 employees and I was at first I was dumbfounded and then I finally said read the bill read your Read the bill, Uh, because if you were a little Subway sandwich shop, you had six employees. What are you? You're a franchise. You are covered by this bill. Wow. So uh, if you contract for services with someone who is covered, then you are covered. It, it was a, just a disaster. It was a disaster. Again, we made
0: national news. The idea just—the bill stopped. It 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 got killed in a committee. Mm-hmm. You and I have been around long enough to know bad ideas come back. Never die. That's that right. building is the home of the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And now that um, these things are are coming back faster and faster, and I haven't seen it. So let me ask you this. You've been doing this for a long time. Um, uh, let me finish it up with kind of where we started. When it comes to people trying to start businesses, when it comes to people trying to, to risk their capital, risk their time, risk their talents, you have said that many of your old timers, the mm-hmm. people who started businesses, now are just letting them fizzle out. Yeah. And a lot of them are saying, yeah. you know, I, I, I can't sell them, um, can't give them to my kids, we're just, we're, we're packing mm-hmm. up, and we're, that's that. And it breaks my heart, because that, that's really the Colorado story. Those, mm-hmm. those stories are the Colorado story. That's right. Not, not, not Elon Musk moving Tesla in here, that's not the Colorado story. It's, it's Tim Gill starting Quark here in Colorado, mm-hmm. that's the Colorado story. That's right.
1: Or look at Rockmont. you know, down on uh, Rockmount Ranch where, I, I mean, the company's been around for over a hundred years, and you know, it's a it's a landmark. Anybody who comes to Denver, they know about Rockmount. You see country Western singers you see actors yeah. and and that they're all wearing rockmont shirts but it's companies like that that built Colorado now for, they're fortunate is they're still here but how long
0: and could they start here now
1: and could they start up now I, uh, A startup today i don't I don't know what the statistics would say is the lifespan
0: you didn't lo- but I want to focus it on this question. Let's leave it here. All the years you've been lobbying, mm-hmm. all the years you've seen this, and I, I get it. We haven't seen, we don't have the backstop of a split house, mm-hmm. um, of having having one of the three branches, you know, one of the uh, uh, in Republican hands, just so we could stop the craziness. How crazy is it? Have you ever seen it this? unfriendly to small business
1: no to be honest no i i i haven't it is it's as if they don't care they know it's wrong but they don't care and that and that's what it really seems like sometimes like with twelve eighteen, my god we had eight hours of testimony and and um you know owners of restaurants um, uh, who started with nothing and built these restaurants um, and and you could tell that a lot of the committee members they were just there were a few that well you could do it this way they always know better you know that's that's the thing it's it's um when I was growing up and we we're, well, we're not the same age, I, I think. You're I, at I,
0: least 50 years older than yeah, I am.
1: Probably, probably. But I can remember thinking sometimes, boy did I pull one over on mom and dad. Boy did I pull one over. And probably when I, I was I think in, I'm still
0: pulling one over on my mom.
1: <laughs> when, when I turned about 21 or so, God, I was amazed how smart my parents <laughs> my parents got like that, and that's what we're seeing these people think are we don't know, and oh you'll be okay you can you ever run a business you ever sign the front
0: side of a paycheck no, I didn't, they only I use didn't Venmo. Think so. you know they you only know. use venmo <laughs> so the point be you you said you haven't seen it this bad. what you what you heard of of saying. They don't respect us, they don't understand. They don't get it. They don't get that
1: small businesses are not just smaller versions of a big business. That's what they don't get. It's entirely a different mindset. Are they
0: hostile to you? When I say, are they hostile to small business?
1: i wouldn't say i don't think i'd go as far as to say hostile they're very cautious uh, i can tell there's a there's a trust issue there you know when you try to talk to a legislator uh, about a bill that you have concerns with and they tell you to go talk to this lobbyist yeah. over there that's what we're seeing more of
0: listen every legislator you've been in this game mm-hmm. Every legislator plays nicey-nice so well. They they (laughs) play kissy face really well. They tell you what you want to hear, and then they pass these things that destroy your industry, destroy Mm -hmm. your business, destroy the economy, and clutter up regulatory things so much that you can't do your business. I hear people tell me they could not do what they do now if they had to start what they do now. I've heard it for a decade now. I've heard people say, if I had to start now, I couldn't do it in this town, I couldn't do it in this city, Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it in this state. And I'm starting to hear people say, I couldn't do it in in this country, which which just breaks my heart, it Mm -hmm. really does. Yeah. If, very last question, if you could get that legislature, or this administration, because I don't think people understand the rulemaking power of what goes on in the Polis administration, If you could get them to change one thing, to pass one law, rescind one law, rescind one rule, change one rule, one thing, what would it be? They're listening right now and they go, oh, Gagliardi wants us to do this. (laughs) We're going to get it done this afternoon. What would it be for your members?
1: You know, just based on what I've had to deal with for two years now, I'd have to say, come clean with what's going on with the
0: unemployment trust fund. And if they did, what would they say? That there's been rampant abuse and fraud? Abuse
1: and and misuse. We have a bill now that, that, you know, we're still not solvent. Our trust fund is still not solvent. we had an opportunity uh, at that time, last year Senator Woodward had a bill that would have fully funded our, our, our UI trust fund and paid back the federal, federal government. Instead, and to the governor's credit, I know the governor was getting pressure, but to his credit, he earmarked 600 million to go into the trust fund. Well, when we saw that bill, that bill expanded programs like nothing. We needed, we needed the money to go into the trust fund in a conversation, not expand social
0: programs. What's wrong with the trust fund?
1: Well, now there's a bill that says, uh, if you are laid off through no fault of your own, you lose your job through no fault of your own, you're available for work, you're looking for work, and you have dependent children under the age of 18, then each one of them are going to get $35 a week. That's coming out of the trust fund. Now, I believe there could be a legal issue there because the trust fund is not funded by employees. The trust fund is paid for by employers through unemployment taxes. To take unemployment dollars and pay them to somebody who doesn't qualify for unemployment. We believe there's a legal question there. But there's too many, if you looked at Senate Bill 234 and all the programs that it provided for and the expansions of benefits, the writing's on the wall, we're going to have problems.
0: We're going to have problems, Tony. thanks for everything you do. I think the work you do is 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 crucial it's hard better to the, you than me and your <laughs> members your members really are the spirit of Colorado. Yes, I think they I, are I really yes, think more small businesses ought to get that sign in front of their window, and I think people when they walk by and see that n f i b sign uh, ought to walk in and and do some business with those places people want to want to join up um, uh, small businesses want to learn more. Where do they go?
1: Uh, NFIB.com. NFIB.com. We got our small business coming, our Small Business Day coming up on the thirtieth of this month, and uh, it's a good place to meet up with other small business owners and and. and it um, only
0: costs what thirty thousand dollars a year to join the yeah. NFIB. Or-
1: uh, we're actually actually you know uh, we're very flexible in member dues. Uh, you know that's entirely outside my, my end. But uh, you can go on the website. You set your own dues level, and uh, where you need to be, you know. And um, uh, but
0: but. And you, also the facility you have is incredible. The swimming pool is great. Oh. The steam room <laughs> I've ever seen. It the poker room is just incredible. The wet bar, oh my god. Yeah. Remarkable. You
1: you know, a great asset that we have, and and I'm always proud of it, is our NFIB Small Business Legal Center, that uh, any member, any member can call and get advice. Uh, One advice we're given, we've been given for the last two or three years, is if you don't have an HR manual, you better get one, and it especially now, and and everything better be in that in that manual. Uh, because it's imperative. That's the first thing they're asking now if you ever uh, come under an audit, It's funny
0: that a small business, I'll, I'll leave it at this, it's funny that a small business you're so busy trying to make payroll you mm-hmm. don't think about the need to have the HR manual mm-hmm. which when things go bad you're gonna want to That's have right. that and you've you're got gonna it there wish, for
1: them. And, and we, have, uh, we have the legal center and it's based in DC that gives assistance with how to set one up, how to develop one, what should be in it, and uh, we don't represent um, in a, in cases, but we can also always offer, you know, a pathway. Tony, to thanks so it. much. Thank you, John. Keep up the fight. Thank you, thank you, sir.
0: This is John Caldera, and if you've enjoyed this episode of Devil's Advocate, I hope you'll share it with a friend. You can listen to more episodes on all streaming services with new ones being released weekly. And remember, this is the audio from our television show. To watch the video version, just search the letters IITV for Independence Institute TV on YouTube for this and many other great conversations.